0: Welcome back to Throne Hands. It's me. It's Toby. Uh, weird fight card on Saturday, uh, but we're, we'll touch on that a bit after. But we got a special episode today. UFC commentators tier list. Now, I went in and I made a tier list on TierMaker.com, whatever that, it, that website. website's called a great website. You can find a tier for basically anything from soda to uh, heavy machinery. But, to your, but Toby, how you doing man?
1: I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back on the show.
0: All right, so let me share my screen real quick. This is a mainly visual episode, so personally, I would hop on over to the YouTube if I were if you usually listen over um what you might call it uh Spotify or something. So here we go. We have one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Oh wow. Right on. Twelve commentators. They may or may not be in the UFC still. Um I threw Olivia in there just because you know it's Megan Olivia, guys. Come on. But um she's a legend in her own right. But who should we start with, Toby? Well,
1: I think it's only fair to start with Rogan, even though Rogan may not be my favorite anymore. He is certainly the most legendary commentator.
0: So, here, here's my thing with, here's my uh qualm about him right now, I guess. Uh, right now, his commentary is not that great. Uh I don't feel like he researches fights. Um I, One thing that ground my gears was, you know, he was like, oh, he's going onto the ground with Bryce Mitchell. Uh Okay. That's, that's his best, the best part of his game, arguably. But, I don't know, Toby, where should we put him? I'm thinking A tier, you know, he's a legend, but he's not, he's not S tier anymore, but I think A tier is a respectful place to put him since because, you know, the UFC wouldn't be where he is today, but as a commentator, he's not that great right now.
1: Yeah. I think out of respect for Rogan, I'm not going to say like C or D or anything, but I'm thinking a B tier, man. Like Rogan has really dropped off in the past couple of years for me. I could see an A just based on what he's done for the UFC. Like obviously you know, he's been with them since nearly the very beginning and definitely one of the most legendary commentators of any sport. Um, and he was incredible back in the day, but you know, a lot of his references are super obscure, like very old references that don't really apply to the current state of martial arts. And he doesn't seem like you said, he doesn't seem to keep up with MMA today, much less like the intricacies of the UFC, which is fine. And I, I always say this, like I'm totally fine with that. Rogan is a very wealthy guy and he's very busy. He's got the uh, podcast. He's got a family. But it does mean, you know, objectively, I just think he's become worse as a commentator, which is, like I said, that's fine. But, you know, I wish... um, I think the UFC has started to decouple a little bit as well. Like, he's not on as many uh, broadcasts. Even, like, he's on usually only the biggest pay-per-views. So I think they've started to notice that too. Maybe he's asked for more time off. But I think just like purely from a commentary standpoint right now probably like a b tier just in my opinion
0: yeah so i will put go ahead and put him in low a tier uh when we get things moving we'll switch him i think that's a fair place to put him um you know what? let's start with ogs and people who aren't around anymore kenny florian i i haven't listened to much of his commentary but toby you have a very strong you like this, you like kenny florian a lot yeah, man, I like Ken Flo.
1: Um, When I was first getting into the UFC, you know, he was long gone by then, but I went on like a huge binge of just watching a bunch of old fights. And I found that one of my favorite commentators um, was Kenny Florian, it, him and Brian Stan. I really thought that they were, they both brought like very good um, technical analysis as well as, you know, being fun and lighthearted on commentary. They were like dominant crews, but with a little bit more personality, I would say. So yeah, Kenny Florian, I thought he was always a great commentator. He has a cool podcast now. Um, yeah, I thought he was really good. I would put him up
0: there, like an A or B tier. All right, we'll put, we'll put him up in A. Mike Goldberg. Uh, here's the thing. He wasn't a great, legend. but man, he got you excited. Yeah. Yes, he did. I don't know where to put him because he, he really is not that good at what he does. No, no, he made a
1: lot of mistakes. Like going back and watching, I mean, this guy would mispronounce names all the time. He didn't even seem like he knew who half the fighters were in there, but he was super exciting and he would always get you hyped up for the fight. And if there was a good finish, he would definitely get you super hyped up for it. So I don't know, just on that alone, I could slip him into a B, maybe a C. <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, he, we'll put him was, up
1: in B. Yeah,
0: he was not it a great. All- yeah, he was not
1: a great commentator,
0: though. <laughs> okay. But a, a fun guy. All right. Uh, Since so she's not really a commentator, but she's on the crew and a very integral part of the crew. Megan will leave you, man. I, I, she is a consummate professional. She'll be on UFC on Saturday, and you might see her out on the football field on Sunday. She, She's that girl, man. She's she's phenomenal at what she does. She's not a commentator, so I can't put her up in S tier personally, but, you know, she's part of the broadcast crew. She's got to be A tier for me. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Yeah, I think just being on the team, not necessarily as a commentator, but just what she does. She's very good at her job. Um, She rarely makes mistakes when she's speaking. You know, she seems to have a really good knowledge of what she's talking about, not just like reading off a teleprompter, but even still, like she's very good at simply reading a teleprompter. So yeah, I think she's definitely an A tier and she's married to Joseph Benavidez. So that's cool. You know? Yeah,
0: that's cool. <laughs> uh, that's cool yeah I, I mean shoot power couple right there, damn it, um yeah, man. John gooden this is he's not on enough no. I feel like it's like one or one maybe two each year, and he's probably gonna be the guy in london for the for the oh, yeah. fight night this weekend for sure, and I don't think he's been on one since uh the last fight night a year ago in london the last london event was a pay-per-view see i don't really know where to put john gooden because he's really good but his sample size isn't that big yeah i don't know because here's my thing if we put Gooden in b tier we have to put we have to uh degrade goldberg to c tier because gooden's an infinitely better commentator than mike goldberg
1: yeah um he's he's easy to forget about though you know he's uh I almost get him mixed up with Brennan Fitzgerald, even though they're definitely not anything alike. But John Gooden <laughs> is just, he's not on there enough. Yeah, he's a good commentator, though. I like him. You know, he has a nice uh, British accent, so that's always helpful for a speaking gig like that. You know, easy to listen to. But just for MMA-wise, I mean, yeah, he's a very good commentator. I would put him in B, probably, probably drop Mike Goldberg, although I still respect Mike Goldberg a lot for what yeah. he's done. We'll drop Mike Goldberg. <laughs>
0: Um, hmm. Dan Hardy, Dan Hardy, stop the fight! Stop the fight! He'll know. That's that's what he'll be remembered for. Sadly, I know. But I know. He has a great technical knowledge of the game, and he's you know he he's engaging. If you if you guys wanna, want to watch some engaging MMA content, go to his YouTube. it's it, It's a phenomenal channel.
1: Yeah, full reptile with, with the
0: with the breakdowns and everything. I love it. I basically yeah. watch it every week, but. I think he's high B, man. I think he's, you know, he he's really good at what he does. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't don't tell Herb Dean what to do, but <laughs> yeah.
1: Um I don't know, man. I'm almost tempted to put him in the A tier. I, I love Dan Hardy as a commentator. He he brings such great insight. And the way he's able to break it down in a way that even a layman can understand, like someone who doesn't have much technical knowledge of the fight game can completely understand what he's talking about. He does such a great job of that. And also, you know, with the Herb Dean incident, that is one of the most egregiously awful stoppages in the history of the UFC. Like it is dude. dude, Jai Herbert was completely unconscious, just laying there stiff and, uh, Trinaldo standing over him with his fist cocked back like this, and Herb Dean is just standing there and Trinaldo's standing there. And he's like, all right, he punches him a couple more times. It was like the um, Jacare versus Chris Weidman fight where Weidman is like totally out of it. Except for this one, he wasn't even moving. Like at least, you know, in Mergliata's defense, Chris Weidman was like kind of moving, but uh, Jai Herbert was totally out. And I cannot blame Dan Hardy for screaming like that because Paul Felder was yelling. All the guys were like, you know, stop it. But Dan Hardy was just the loudest. And there was you know, anyway, that's a
0: whole nother uh, tangent. But as a commentator, I thought he was really, really good. I'll throw up an A. There we go. He's with PFL, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, yeah. I just realized I forgot to put Michael Bisping in here. So we'll go to Michael Bisping next. I don't know. He's entertaining, but he does notice he has flashes with knowledge.
1: Exactly. But like it's hit or miss, man, hit or miss with Bisping.
0: Like like when he was on with Sanko a few weeks ago he was on fire yeah great commentary but i good i don't know i think high b would be where he goes he's not the best but he's definitely not the worst
1: no no he's just inconsistent you know sometimes if he's on there with dc i mean it is a real real bad night because him and dc just get off on i mean god knows what they're talking about but him and Cruz too sometimes they'll start like and that's kind of funny. They'll throw jabs at each other, but they just get so off topic. They're but like when, children. Yeah, yeah. But when Bisping is actually focused, he he can be on point for sure. So yeah, I'd say like a B, probably.
0: Yeah, Bisping on uh, caffeine to get him focused. Yeah, that's yeah. the he. That's that's high A tier. Yeah. But goof off Bisping C. So B is where he's at. Um, Laura Senko. Hmm. Personally. Not big enough sample size, but what I've heard, fantastic. I think B, for right now, I can see her moving up very high in the future is an appropriate place for Laura Sanko. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I really have enjoyed her on Contender Series the past couple of years. I think she's been doing it for pretty much the whole time that they've had the Contender Series, and she does a really great job of calling those fights. And I I think that the opportunities that they have given her so far on some of the smaller fight nights, she's done really, really well. So. Yeah, I think, you know, be maybe maybe a tier soon enough. Um, She's like you said, she needs to get more reps in there. But I'm sure that obviously that's not in her control. So.
0: Brendan Fitzgerald. Now, I'm biased. He was on Throne Hands. Great guy. Um, he I'll tell you a story about him. I text him. No, I DM would him. I don't have his number. Um, But I, you know, I, I DM would him. Like and I, I was like early October 2020. I said, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast? He's like, I'll get back. I'll get back to you. Let me find it actually. Cause it was actually really cool. <laughs> um Brendan. Yeah, Brendan seems like a good guy for sure. Oh, he is. Yeah, he he is he's a he's a genuine human being, man. Yep. Huh. My messages went away. What the heck? But anyway, so he, so mid, early October, he's like, I'll get back to him. Like, oh, there's no way this dude's getting back to me. It's late November. I get, I get a notification on my phone. Hey, man, getting back to you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he got back to me. So check that episode. I think it's like episode 87 or something. But yeah, Brennan's a genuine dude. Um, I think he's underrated when it comes to his play-by-play ability. I think he's very sharp. I want to see him on a pay-per-view one of these days. Um, but yeah, Brennan Fitzgerald's the man. What do you think? Yeah, I
1: think he actually does a really good job. I was watching a couple of these other videos that were kind of dogging on Brennan Fitzgerald a little bit, but I think he's a really good commentator, man. I think people just compare him to John Anik unfairly because Anik has been like the standard, you know, the, uh, what everyone is trying to aspire to be as a play-by-play guy, but Brennan Fitzgerald is very, very good at his job. And, you know, just because he has a different style than John Anik doesn't mean that he's any better or any worse. You know, I think that he's definitely a, a B tier guy, maybe even a, you know, an A tier for what he does. But he's a solid dude, solid
0: commentator. So I think, I, mean, I think low a is appropriate for fits. Yeah. Lots of low A's here. We can, we can rearrange after. I feel like we might have to move a couple of these specimens, yeah. but, um, All right, let's just get this one out of the way. John Anik, S-tier. There's no debate. (laughs) The
1: only objection I have to John Anik, and not that he isn't an S-tier, but you ever notice um, when they're like bantering – and Anik does his weird, like, <laughs> like he does this weird, the- robot, <laughs> like, this is so robotic, the most inhuman laugh you will ever hear. And it's like, what, <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? It's hilarious, though. I actually have kind of uh, grown to enjoy it, but it's yeah. like, it always catches me off guard. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> but no, he's a great commentator. Seems like S-tier. an awesome guy. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Cormier, I want to put him in D tier. I think he's awful.
1: Cormier, man, he has like very rare flashes, but only when guys are in wrestling exchanges In very rare flashes of brilliance. And you're like, wow, this guy really knows what he's talking about. And then a, <laughs> a minute later, he just goes on this five minute diatribe about, you know, Louisiana or like some random thing that has nothing to do with the fight. And even the other commentators are trying to rein him back in. Or he often just forgets who the guy is fighting. Like, he forgets the names of the fighters. who so will be sitting there for minutes. He's like, oh, you know, this guy who had this record and he, he did this. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, come on, man. He just gets way too distracted when he's on commentary.
0: His worst moment was when it was, it was only a couple weeks ago when he was like, he was on this bantamweight who would won like twenty in a row in the beginning of his career. He's like, "Who is that guy? I can't think of who it is." Like it five in minutes. Era. I yeah. thought he was talking about Hen Brow, but I thought he was talking about Thomas Almeida. You know, but he was, he was on it for like two minutes. I'm like, dude, way too this, long. Let it go. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the fight. Who? What was even the fight? I can't even remember.
1: I I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, man. DC. You know, I think I was telling you this the other day. I really wish they would bring him in in a role like Dean Thomas, but only for wrestling. Like, there's a wrestling exchange, you know, or a wrestling heavy match, and they're just like, "All right, DC, you know, bring some insight to this. uh, These exchanges. I think he would do great in that role. I just don't think, uh, you know, full time commentary, especially they they throw him on like every pay per view. (laughs) I don't I don't get why he's in this position, but yeah,
0: I mean, and. And his his bias with the uh, American Kickboxing Academy guys oh, just grinds my gears. Sounds it's terrible! Like, like he's like, I'm not biased. I'm. Not. I mean, yes, you are. Yeah. It's imp- It's impossible not to be. And when it came, I forget the, the 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 commentary that ground my gears the most. And I think you could you you might agree with me on this was when Adesanya was fighting Jan Blahovich. Yeah, and oh, Blahovich is eating these feints like he's just <laughs> stepping backwards to each feint. That's all he's doing. He's yeah. doing exactly what you're supposed to do with feints. He's getting out of range. Yeah, and Djokovic every... fought a beautiful fight on the feet with Adesanya. A beautiful fight.
1: Yeah, every round he's like, oh, Jan's in trouble, man. He better start picking it up. He's losing this fight. And then they'll display the significant strike numbers and Jan is just winning every round on strikes. And if you just watch it, you don't even have to look at the strikes, like just watch the fight and he's pretty clearly winning. And DC, the whole time is just like, yeah, you know, Adesanya. And not to say that Adesanya wasn't doing okay, but he clearly wasn't winning the fight. Um, You know, there have been so many moments like that. He's just, yeah, like you said, anybody who anybody literally anyone is going to have a level of bias inherent in them but dc is just on a whole nother level i mean there was a kind of funny moment i remember where he it was the Suhudo and dillashaw fight and Suhudo drops TJ, and dc is just like finish him finish him it's like it's like he's not like a fan sick. yeah just like a fan because he's you know boys with henry Suhudo they were um both at the Olympic training center around the same time for wrestling. And it's like, yeah, you know, it's cool that you guys are good friends, but don't be cheering for the guy to win when you're supposed to be a somewhat objective commentator. I mean, there's also um, anytime like Poirier fights, anytime, any of those guys from Louisiana, anytime they fight, DC is just so upset if they lose and just like going crazy. If they win, like in the Oliveira fight, when he's just like, Oliver gets this spectacular finish of Dustin Poirier in a title fight and extends his win streak to like eleven. And DC's just sitting there like pouting, basically, because Poirier is a Louisiana guy.
0: Or, like, or when another one is when John Jones guillotined uh, uh, Gone and DC's like, what he tap to? I'm like, did you not see? I could see that.
1: Isn't that is that
0: downward pressure? <laughs> like DC, come on, you, you are one of the best you are a top 10 mixed martial artists of all time i don't think anybody will disagree with me on that but like dude how can you not recognize that is your bias that bad that you go oh john it's john jones no i don't know how he did it
1: yeah um there have also been other moments in fights where dc i remember he said i don't know what fight it was but they were in some ground exchange and DC was like, yeah, you know, I don't really know what's going on here. I don't really know too much about jujitsu, something to that effect. And it's like, man, you were a two division world champion in the UFC. And you're sitting here saying that, oh, I'm going to leave it up to Dominic, you know, for the jujitsu stuff. Like,
0: how do you, not? how did you not learn that at all in your extensive career? Yeah. So, so DC has no excuse to be as bad as he is D tier. <laughs> Yeah, Um, for sure. Dominic Cruz, since you brought him up, if Dominic Cruz had a little bit more pep in his step, he'd be an S-tier commentator. But, you know, he just gets angry whenever Keith Peterson's in the cage, even though that was a good stoppage, Dominic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He smelled like cigarettes and alcohol. I don't know what to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, Dominic Cruz, man, he... Like 90% of the time, I really, really enjoy Dominic Cruz's commentary. Super insightful. Yeah, he's not the most interesting guy, but he will talk through every position perfectly. He highlights, you know, he does so much film study. Like he, you know, hours and hours of footage that he watches on these guys. He knows their tells, their setups. You know, he um, can accurately predict uh, things that may happen throughout the course of the fight. He's a great commentator, but he does have some... Pretty glaring holes like Keith Peterson bias for sure does not like Keith Peterson at all, even though cigarettes and alcohol, you know, even though generally he's not that bad of a ref. I mean, if you compare him to someone like Mergliata or Herb Dean, in my opinion, like Keith Peterson is far better than those guys. But yeah, I was, um, I went back and I watched uh UFC 229 as well, not the whole card, but just the McGregor and Habib fight, and man, that was one of the worst displays of commentary in any sport ever. I mean, that alone could send him plummeting to like a C tier honestly. Just that that one fight. I don't know if he could ever redeem himself yeah. for how McGregor's waiting for him was. to punch him, punch himself out. Uh, he's getting hit in the face, dude. Yeah, even Rogan was like, "Uh, no, I think he's just getting beat up. I think he's getting smashed." <laughs> and and Cruz was like, "Well, there's a lot of things happening right now." There's there's not like the whole round it was just habib was on top of him beating him up like there's really there's not a whole lot happening right i mean there was it was one-way traffic but
0: and, and it w- another one was i forget i forgot what the fight was but he's like oh it's it's a lot of things like when, when they're up in the clinch and they're just swanging and banging he's like they are literally they're literally fighting in a phone booth i'm like literally where's the red box man they're yeah. not fighting yeah. <laughs> in a they're not fighting in that speaking <laughs> of phone booth look at phone booth fighting guys great sport but um I don't endorse it, but it's better than power slap. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. See, if Dominic Cruz didn't have his blunders, he'd probably be high A tier. But the blunders for me put him down to low B tier for me. Because when he's bad, yeah. he is bad. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'll put him in a B tier. Paul Felder. I think he might be S tier. He's very good. I like Paul Felder. He's entertaining. And he has the knowledge. Yep. That I really do think he's S tier. I think he's damn good at what he does. Yeah, he's great. Um, I remember there were a
1: few moments he had like right at the beginning of the pandemic when people were still trying to figure out like what's going on and how should we proceed with things. He he would go into some long stories. And he still does that a little bit, you know, kind of tell these long stories and go off on a rant here and there. But like 95, 99% of the time, I mean Paul Felder is on point. He knows what he's talking about. Very well-spoken, especially considering Paul Felder got battered throughout his career, even in the fights that he won. I mean, this dude was in war after war after war, and he's very well-spoken, very eloquent. Um, Yeah, he's a great commentator. I'd put him up in A, maybe even S tier for sure.
0: All right. I'll put him up in S tier. All right. We got to do a little bit of rearranging. I I think Rogan moves down to B tier personally. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, I think this list is pretty good. Bisping is between B and A. Alpha Brain Bisping is an S-tier commentator when he's on uh, Alpha Brain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just plugged a Joe Rogan sponsor, but um, <laughs> Alpha Brain Bisping is <laughs> the best Bisping. Um yeah no, this is a
1: good list um if brian stan were on here i definitely put my boy brian stan up at like an a tier or something yeah. but yeah no i think this is pretty good
0: sorry bisping i love i love i love bisping's youtube channel he he makes some great content that's all i'm gonna say
1: Dude, it's crazy um so many ufc fighters now have youtube channels that's yeah chel sonnen chel p Dude, I mean, I saw, um, I think it was Sadiq Youssef had a YouTube channel. I was like, oh, yeah, he man. Does. That's he does. He does like
0: unprofessional breakdown or something like that. I forget what it is. Yeah, it actually seemed pretty good. Yeah, it's actually interesting. Um, all right. All right. So, big news. Big news. Big news is Donald Trump, as Donald Trump would say it. So, apparently, according to um, what is it? Spinning Back Fist. Uh, via um. MMA mulatto, um, Paulo Costa, and Hamzat Shmaev are fighting at UFC 294, October 21st. Really? Yeah. So the so the Ikram fight was never signed. I remember Paulo said it's not signed yet. Like what? He, he, I remember Paulo even said that. <laughs> um. So I don't know who Ikram's fighting. Wait. So they're not fighting. Uh, I don't this... think they're fighting. <laughs> That's crazy. So, someone posted a meme on Twitter, like Paulo like crossing his fingers and behind his back and signing the contract. Like that's what Paulo <laughs> does each time he signs a contract. <laughs> Dude, Paulo
1: Paulo Costa is such a trip, man. What a hilarious guy. But at the same time, he's got to be more active, and you know you got to sign on that dotted line. Plus, like I know the Iqrom fight, it's a much worse fight for him because Hamzat has huge name value, and. You know, Ikram doesn't really have quite as much, and he's unranked, and he's, you know, actually a middleweight. I mean, it's just a much better fight for him, but the Hamzat fight, I mean. But I don't know, man. I mean, the Ikram fight makes the most sense. Like, I just don't – I don't really – I'm not interested in seeing him fight Hamzat. Like, what's realistically going to happen? I mean, I think Hamzat probably going to slaughter him.
0: Oh, no. I think I think Paulo could beat Hamzat, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, dude. Uh, uh, Have we really seen his takedown defense get tested uh, too much in the UFC? I mean, Romero didn't really shoot for any takedowns in that fight, maybe like one or two, but that was mostly a stand and bang. Yeah, that um, was more okay. of a swang and bang. Um, We'll see. I mean, Paul Costa is a huge guy, massive, massive uh, 185 or so. Secret juice. It could be fun, I guess. Yeah, but um, we, will, we will have to wait a couple months again for Costa to fight, which is yeah. unfortunate. And then, yeah, I don't know who is Ikram going to fight. That'll be that'll be know. interesting.
0: Um, Caio Borralho will fight Nursultan Ruzaboyev at, uh, UFC, um, Sao Paulo that uh on November fourth.
1: Beautiful fight. That is incredible. That's going to that be fight. so
0: much fun to watch. That is
1: that's an, such an amazing fight. You know, I wish um. I wish Kyle Burjaro fought more often. I mean, I love that, dude. You know, it's a great camp. The fighting nerds down there, they're very good. Um, He's such a, you know, his fighting style is not the most entertaining sometimes, but he is a very good fighter. He's a dog. He is a dog, super talented, very well-rounded. Yeah, I think he's a great prospect. Yeah, of course. And Nurzleton, I mean, that
0: debut, man, can't get much better than that. Oh, it's going to be a fun fight. I can't wait for that. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, Mahachev wants to fight Leon Edwards, or um, my bad, Ali Abdelaziz wants Mahachev to fight Leon Edwards. Exactly. Um, I don't think, maybe Mahachev to do that, but I think when something wants to be stirred up, uh, Ali Abdelaziz definitely... Uh, tweets that stuff uh but you know who i was talking uh i wasn't talking i was watching dc and rc for the first time like ever today (laughs) um as much as i love ryan clark uh when it comes to nfl he's phenomenal when it comes to nfl not personally not my favorite when it comes to uh mma but anyway that's beside the point the one of the questions was Who's gonna fight for the lightweight strap next? And the question is, so Charles Oliveira and Dustin Port. So to get, let's get this out of the way first. Charles Oliveira won't fight in October. He's already stated that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Charles Oliveira, uh, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje, in in theory, should be the next best option. However, I don't think either one of those guys are gonna come unscathed out of that cage. No. It's gonna be unless war. it ends in the first. M- round yeah there's there's no way like they're 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 gonna beat the beat ever-living hell out of each other yeah they're Uh, gonna really damage each other for sure but neil just lost michael chandler's gonna fight mcgregor fazeev lost Uh, volkanovsky's hurt but islam's gonna headline the abu dhabi card and leon i don't think that's gonna happen with leon edwards because he didn't because here's my opinion I thought Volk won that fight against uh, Islam. Two is a two's a, uh, a, round two is a, a coin toss in my opinion when it came yeah. it comes to that fight. Th- three and five, obviously Volkanovsky, in my opinion, but great fight. I might have to watch it again just for the S and G's. But um, yeah, there's no way like, Volk Volk just had surgery. Six weeks. He only have like a six week training camp. I, I could If anybody could do it, it's probably Volk, but I don't want the full eight, ten weeks. Who, do, who does Bahachev fight? Like, you know, he didn't uh, convincingly defend that belt against Volkanovsky, so I don't think he deserves to go up and wait and challenge for the title. And I think Colby Covington should get the – I know that's controversial to some people, but I think Colby Co- Covington should get the next shot. I don't care. Dude, do you not remember the name, man? <laughs> I'd Come prefer on. not
1: to. What is this guy on like a nine-fight win streak right now? Come on. Yeah, but man. he has
0: no jujitsu and all <laughs> wrestling. He doesn't know how to submit anybody. I hate watching him fight. Dude, I but he watching.
1: just he just destroyed Sean Brady in his last fight. <laughs> <laughs> Standing TKO him, man.
0: But he could beat Gilbert Burns with one hand. No, I know, I know. That was pathetic. Well, I, is not the most exciting guy. He's not, I don't even think he's that good. It is. It would be
1: an interesting storyline, though. You know, they fought um a little while ago and they had the eye poke. It was pretty severe. You know, Bilal was like, uh, you know, crying in there. So they could do like a little build-up to that. But no, I completely agree about Islam. I mean, if you have the guy from 45 come up and challenge you and you arguably lose that fight, how are you going to then say, well, I'm just going to move up to 70 and beat that guy? Like, that doesn't make much sense. No, it makes no sense. I also wish that Oliveira would. I Like, look, I don't know if he's injured. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I think he he has plenty of time to get in there by October. I'm not sure, like, exactly why he doesn't want to fight in October. But –
0: that's what I was thinking. Like, he, I mean, he didn't take much damage in that Banil Dariush fight, if any. So,
1: that was like the first fight that Charles has been unscathed, probably in like a dozen fights. Legitimately, yeah.
0: he gets knocked down within the first two minutes. That's not even like exaggeration. This I mean, what happens each literally time? Literally,
1: every single fight. And this one, he basically took no damage. I mean, I guess maybe he just wants that. He wants a lot of time to prepare for Islam. You know, it's a super difficult fight. I get that. But, I mean, he, you know, I think he, yeah, I think he has time. I don't know. It's I mean,
0: the next guy in that division coming off a win. Armin. No, Matos Gamrot.
1: Oh, yeah, Gamrot.
0: <laughs> Let's put Gamrot in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He did get dropped. He gets dropped in like every fight, though, to be fair. but He's a really chinny dude. Super chinny guy. I mean, I feel like they could throw Armin in there, even though. I, I,
0: I am for that. I don't I'm care. cool with it,
1: you know. I know a lot I'm of people cool. don't do um they're like, oh well, look at his last fight. Like I know people were saying about Islam too after he beat Bobby Green, but it's like we already know how good this guy is. We know from the rest of his body of work how good he is. You know, I think I think you could justify an Armand title shot, although I would like to see him just get one more, like just one more fight, and then put him in there. But if the circumstances you know require, I wouldn't mind it.
0: Yeah. I'm for it. Yeah. I, if Islam's going to headline, yeah. they got to find somebody.
1: I mean, they had a great first fight. You know, um, it was the first time Islam went into the fourth round, I think, with anybody, at least
0: in a long time. So, yeah. Um, Some other fights. Emily Ducote will fight Ashley Yoder at UFC Vegas 81. That's a good fight. I like Ducote a lot. She always brings it. Yeah. yeah um, she's good. Kanaka Murado will fight Vanessa Demopoulos. Decent fight. Uh Garcia's out. Sean Woodson will fight Jesse Butler at UFC Nashville. Okay, that's a fun that's a fun fight, actually. Mm, yeah. Um Sean Woodson, that guy who's like six foot one at
1: 145, that's I super. Think, I
0: think Sean Woodson's like 6'3. Jeez, Louise.
1: Yeah, he's extremely, extremely long. That's all I remember about him. He's that's six foot
0: good. two. <sighs> Whoa. That, yeah, that's man. crazy. Uh Kai Kata France will fight Manel Cop at UFC 293. That is a fun fight.
1: Banger. Banger, definitely. I love Manel Cop. I've been waiting for Manel Cop to really come into his own. He had a couple of setbacks in the UFC, but he was such a good prospect outside of the UFC. I mean, he was tearing it up. And yeah, I think he I think he's
0: still got a bright future. Um
1: the Star Boy, I think he's got a very bright future in the UFC.
0: Yeah, Manel, I mean, his first two fights in the UFC were Alexander Pantoja and Matosh Nikolaou.
1: Yeah, what are you going to do about that, you know?
0: <laughs> that's And he went to decision against both of them. And he arguably won against Nikolaou. So, like, no, yeah. what, what what can you do?
1: I mean, that's how much confidence they had in the guy coming into it. It's like uh, what they did with Yuri Prohashka, you know? They just threw him immediately to the Wolves. And we see how good Pantoja is now. I mean, well, we already knew how good Pantoja was, so... You yeah, know, no shame in losing to those guys, and then he got a couple of good finishes. Um, after that, yeah, so. definitely.
0: Okay. Um, all right, interesting stuff. So, MVP Michael Venom Page is a free agent. I think the UFC needs to pick that dude up ASAP. Give him, give him some money, man, because I want to see Wonder Boy versus MVP. That's a great fight for sure. Um, I hope Wonder Boy
1: is still. You know, after seeing him fight against Kevin Holland, I think he does still have it. So I would love to see that fight against MVP. I guess we'll see against uh, Michelle Pereira if uh, Wonderboy really still got it. But yeah, man, MVP, I think that's that'll be a great signing for the UFC. I'm not sure how much money he's going to ask for. You know, he was a very good fighter in Bellator. But yeah, he's always extremely exciting, even in losses. The dude is a very exciting fighter. So I think it'd be a great pickup for the UFC.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great um
1: I mean you you know you don't really see many traditional point fighters to anymore as well he's like an actual traditional point fighter uh karate guy so you really don't see that much um in combat sports anymore but he yeah, he does it really well uh
0: a little tired but um all right uh did we talk about Jamal Hill getting injured when was that
1: yeah I think we did mention that in the last one
0: yeah um so that 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 division's a mess that's all that's all that has to be said honestly it's it's in
1: shambles man
0: shambles I kind of like the belt getting tossed around it's kind of exciting
1: yeah yeah no it's fun I mean it really sucks though for Yuri and Jamal what they are having to go through but it does make it interesting
0: yeah I agree um UFC uh, put out Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler for free on YouTube. Uh, yeah, uh, Michael Chandler, dirt, that, he fought dirty. I watched that oh last night. God. The fish hooks, oh the blowing God. of the blood on his Poirier's face. Like, dude, foul come on. Get... after foul after foul. And Murray was like, hey, just stop it. Like, dude, Chandler should have had points taken away. <laughs> Multiple Oh,
1: for sure. I mean, he was grabbing the glove. He was pulling, he was fishhooking his mouth to get him in the rear naked choke. He, now I wouldn't say like the headbutt was intentional. I mean, but there was a huge headbutt, which was the only point in which Poirier was actually rocked badly in that fight. I mean, yes, the subsequent punches probably did hurt him a little bit, but he was stunned initially from the headbutt. And then, yeah, I, I know Chandler after the fight was like, well, you know, with the blowing the nose, he was like, well, I was bleeding a lot. I didn't mean to. He very clearly exhaled it very hard from his nose right on top of Poirier's face and you could see it because it was dripping blood and then all of a sudden this huge like splatter of blood comes onto Poirier's face and yeah I just thought it, you know it's a great fight um and I, I still respect Michael Chandler he's a warrior always at you know putting on dog fights, but I thought he was getting desperate in that fight after getting that first round, he got dropped badly and Poirier hit him with that elbow right at the end of the round. I mean, he was
0: seconds from putting him out of there. And I think he Chandler was. was
1: super, super desperate in that fight.
0: Yeah, that was a fight. Um, But, but Portier is like the outside of Oliver. He might be the last dude you want on your back in the UFC.
1: Dude, porier Oh man. He may be my favorite fighter. You know, every time there's a firefight like that, his composure in, And just absolute war is unbelievable. Like this guy always finds the perfect shot. If you watch that fight against Chandler, he was landing almost every single shot that he was throwing. His combinations are so beautiful. Even when he's hurt and he's on the retreat, his counters are so effective. I just went back and watched uh, his fight, his second fight with Max Holloway again. And his guard in that fight is incredible. I mean, the way he uses... That high guard to just boom, turn, block every punch, and then counter so effectively. The way he would um, step in with the left, duck down, switch stances, come in with the overhand right. I mean, everything he does is so beautiful, man. I love Dustin Poirier. He's more exciting than Gaethje, more exciting than Chandler and
0: more technical. And that's yes, why he is yes. <laughs> the most exciting guy in the division. I don't care what anybody says. It, He's it's the most exciting even.
1: guy, Close. period. And he is going to beat Justin Gaethje. Although I do love Justin Gaethje, too. Great guy. Awesome fighter. I love Poirier. Fun is how to watch. We're Very, not saying Justin Gaethje isn't fun oh, to watch, oh my, guys. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Justin Gaethje. It's like it's like this, man, like Poirier is right here. Gaethje's yeah. just like ever so slightly. I mean, Gaethje, second most exciting guy in the UFC. Poirier, the most exciting guy.
0: Yeah. So this fight is almost bound to be fireworks. I'm not going to jinx it and say it is bound. Um. Oh, what was I going to? Oh, Patty Pimblet, he, he doesn't want to go over 198 ever again, as he shouldn't. When is that guy fighting again? <clears throat> uh, probably 2024 I think he said something along those lines he, he's wow. like "I not tree fights in 2024 mate maybe just get one in this year man <laughs> I don't know
1: I don't know I, has, I, he, I, has I, he fought I, this year wasn't his last fight like December of 2022 yeah when he when he lost to. Who... yeah when he got 30-27 by Jared Gordon <laughs> <laughs> Jared
0: we're not, I'm no, I don't want to hate on Jared Gordon the dude could fight man yeah he's right. like he lo- it wasn't even close. Uh he, that was a, such a it was a decision. 29-28 for sure in favor of easily, Jared Gordon. Easily. And that second round was a toss-up. Man, I hate it so much when Dana
1: was in the press conference, like, well, Jared Gordon just had a bad game plan. Oh, blah blah blah. What are you talking about, man? Like, yeah, maybe he could have been more aggressive, but he clearly did enough to win that fight. Like, it wasn't even there was no debate. I mean, if you look at the media scores, I think it was, I don't know if a single media analyst had it for patty pimblett i think every single one had it I'll for jared
0: decisions i'm gonna look that up because i remember even with the
1: o'malley fight everyone always talks about oh, how bad the o'malley decision was even though hot take personally i did score it for o'malley one and three although i have watched that fight back and i was like okay yeah probably, Jan did probably win that fight but on first watch i thought o'malley did
0: enough in the first and third yeah, but it wasn't even a bad that wasn't even a bad decision like it was yeah like it, it was, was bad. I, I it was It was borderline robbery. I thought Piotr, to me, it was clear Piotr Yan won. But I'm not going to go out and be like, "Oh, you're an idiot if you thought Sean O'Malley won that fight," because there were some. He had his moments. He made it close.
1: He, he rocked him. He cut him up bad in that third round. And I thought I was just impressed more than anything by O'Malley because I thought he was fading in the second round really hard. And then he came out in the third. He landed more strikes. He landed the huge knee that busted up Peter. And yeah, he got caught with some big counters. So probably Jan did win that fight. But it, it was not like a very clear robbery or anything. The Pimblet fight, I mean, that was like textbook Robbery. There's no way. I don't see how anybody could score that fight for Patty Pimblet
0: at all. Yeah. So Doug Crosby scored it 29. They all scored it 29, 28 in favor of Pimblet. Yeah, it was Crosby, unanimous. Chris Lee, I mean, Rob McCarthy. Crazy man. Crazy. That was a unanimous and decision. Only one media guy, Dan Urban. I don't even know who that dude is. <laughs> um, from the media, scored it in favor of
1: Patty Pimblet. And then, you, then you've got the barstool sports guys that are like oh, we told you so wearing their stupid wigs like yeah well, we told everybody that patty was gonna win dude you you jumped on the bandwagon and then he had one of the worst performances of his whole career so, yeah really awesome good for you man
0: good, <laughs> good, good for you yeah um oh, there's one thing i want to look up um it was from the dc and rc episode it was another question that i thought was really good but um, oh no more high home main events probably
1: yeah no that's a good thing that's a good thing look i love holly home um you know i respect her a lot i do not love her fighting style she p- pushes people against the cage and she holds them there she knees them in the thigh she maybe throws a knee to the body every once in a while she throws a short little you know left uh uppercut or left hook and then she doesn't do anything else i mean she had some really one of the greatest moments in UFC history knocking out Ronda Rousey and we will all be eternally grateful to Holly Holm for doing that to Ronda Rousey with that being said ever since then it was like a it was a steady decline you know her fights got less and less exciting uh, and i don't know maybe it was partly due to the Misha Tate fight where she was up uh, confidently and then she got choked out with like 2 minutes left in the fight lost the title i'm not sure but yeah, you know, she's 41, 42. You know, she's just not a super exciting fighter. And they just keep sticking her in main events one after another when she never delivers. She has not delivered on a main event like her last no. seven tries. So
0: No, yeah. I mean Holly Holman's a very pivotal person in the UFC. We're not she she's awesome. Yeah. But like can't downplay as that. she got older, it it got hard to watch. Yeah. But you know, shout out Holly Holman. Um All right, let's talk about Jack Della Madalena. That so his opponent brought it, no question. I I need to go back and watch. I watched the highlights, Mm -hmm. his opponent brought it, no question. But Jack Della Madalena cut down to 170 twice in two weeks, man. Like that, you're not going to be at 100%. There's no way, no way your body can't handle that. So, if he had gotten him on a full camp, I think that dude would have been out of there ASAP, personally. Because Jack Della and Madalena is that good. People are like, oh, it was wrestling. He cut twice in two weeks, man. Like, stop it. Like, geez. Like, Jack yeah. Della Maddalena
1: is that dude. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think anybody that's saying like, oh, well, this proves that he's actually not as good as people thought and that Sean Brady would just kill him and this and that. Okay, stop kidding yourself, man. JDM is one of the most talented prospects, not just in the welterweight division, in the whole UFC right now. Every performance that we've seen from him so far, even this performance, I would still say I 100% agree with that statement. But I think in this fight, he has made some bad decisions, like jumping the guillotine multiple times when he certainly should not have jumped the guillotine. And yeah, maybe, you know, he just wanted to get that guy out of there you know, maybe he was confident, maybe he's, you know, really just confident in his guillotine. But after the first couple of attempts, it it was clearly, he was just ending up on bottom position and was losing, uh, you know, lost around because of it and was losing a lot of um, control time over it. So I think he could have probably avoided those. He also, one of his um, greatest qualities is his body work. His, he has nasty, nasty body work. And it was really not until the third round that he started punishing the guy's body. And I thought if he would have gone to that a bit earlier, especially with like uppercuts, I think he would have done really well um, in in that regard. So I think he just made a few mistakes throughout the fight, but it was a short notice replacement. He cut weight twice in two weeks. You know, I think we can definitely forgive him for that. We all saw what he did to Randy Brown. We saw what he did to, you know, all the other guys that he's fought. I don't think this takes away from him at all. I think that he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to learn a lot from this fight. I think he's going to bounce back very strong
0: um estella nunez uh dislocated her elbow uh I that was it. that that was one of the gnarliest injuries i ever seen and i don't get why dana white was posting it on the internet man like oh. come on i don't want to see that come on now, dana
1: that was so brutal man but you know the fortunate thing is that i think she'll actually recover fairly quickly because it was a dislocation i don't think she broke it i mean she might have don't you know don't quote me on this but i think it was just a dislocation. So she might actually uh recover pretty quick. It, de-
0: it depends whether or not she tore her UCL. So if she didn't, it actually might not be that bad. So Yeah, but it looks really really Oh. Bad. oh. Um Myra Bueno Silva tells Juliana Peña to shut up. That's all I need to hear.
1: Yeah, I think my I think Bueno Silva takes that fight for sure. I think she I wins think... that if they fight. She's good, man. She's Yeah, she's pretty good. She's a finisher, which is much I mean desperately needed in the women's bantamweight division. So.
0: I'm just sad Atman Tar lost.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a tough one.
0: Uh, I love Atman Tar. <laughs>
1: hey, he brings it. He's super exciting no matter what. Yeah. defeat. He... And he always will have one of the most horrifying knockouts of all time, where that guy was just, like, spazzing out on the canvas.
0: Yeah. So. No, you you don't get knocked out that badly. Uh, they, that, that was...
1: That was very, very that horrible. was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that was almost hard
0: to watch, man. Hold on. Who, who was that? I gotta look it up now. Hold on. I'm
1: you know, almost there. Dude, there are not many times that I've watched the UFC where I'm like, man, this is hard to watch. The the only other time I can distinctly remember where I, I had a hard time watching was when Rob Font was fighting Cheeto Vera and he just kept getting hurt at the end of every round. And there was one point where he got hit with like a hook kick in the face, and he was like, he looked scared. He looked like a like a chainsaw killer was coming to get him, and I was like, oh man, please stop this fight. Yeah. But um that he, was another moment that knockout was really awful.
0: He it was Timu Packlin
1: Yeah. Um he, he's been knocked out. I think he had like two fights in the UFC. He got knocked out in horrifying fashion in both of them, I believe.
0: Yeah, by Mark uh De <laughs> and Atman tough luck, Man, tough luck. Dude, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, trying to see what else there is. Um, yeah, I think we pretty much covered it, man. What a lot has happened in a few short days, but um, so this yeah. episode will be out if you're watching it Wednesday, we record this day before, or Thursday, record it two days prior. But Toby, uh, UFC London's coming up. Honestly, the car's not that great. Um, it's nothing special. I'm excited for Tom Astwell, but I think he might just mop the floor with Tabura.
1: Yeah. It's a bit of a middling card, you know, not incredible, not terrible. It's mediocre, but yeah, anything headlined by Tom Aspinall, I'm all for it. I think he's one of the best heavyweight prospects to come through in a long time. Super unfortunate to see what happened uh, with the Curtis Blades fight. You know, he got injured in like 15 seconds, but I think he's going to bounce back really strong in this fight. And I agree. I think he might, uh, you know, tear through Tybora.
0: Yeah, for sure. But That'll do it for this episode of Throne Hands. Uh, when we get back, obviously, uh preview of UFC London. So, peace out, y'all. Peace.